Today, we finish up the first season of The Disciples Haven with Genesis chapter 6. But before we begin, let's go to Father's throne and ask for God to open eyes and open ears for the truth we are about to listen to, and for the truth to enlighten us and to motivate us to continue to learn. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, Amen. And now, let's begin Genesis chapter 6. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Disciples' Haven. In the last chapter, we learned of Adam's genealogy. We learned how the Adamic people, which is completely different than the six-day mankind that God created, began to multiply among the earth and began to spread far and wide. Remember, all races were created on the sixth day, but the Adamic people began with Adam and Eve. So, Some may say, are you saying that they are a different race than what we are used to seeing, Jose? And I would reply, absolutely not. The word Adam also means Rudy, as in Rudy complected, as a Rudy complected individual. So that should give you an idea about how Adam and Eve looked. But remember, God is not a respecter of persons. God chose this bloodline for his son, Jesus Christ, to be born to save us from the evil that plagues this world, an evil much similar to what the people in chapter 6 that we're about to read experienced and something that will most likely happen again in our lifetime. So with that being said, Genesis chapter 6 verse 1, and it reads, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Now, in our Strong's Concordance, the word men here is H120. And it's Ha-Adam. In other words, we are, ta- we are talking about the Adamic people, the Adamic bloodline of which Christ would come. Verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So let's dissect this real quick. First thing you should be asking yourself is, who are these sons of God that it's referring to in this second verse? Well, as we briefly discussed in episodes before, this was written by Jude. So if you can, turn your Bible to Jude verse 6. And verse 6 reads, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. In other words, angels came down to earth. Instead of being born of women like we all were, they chose to leave heaven and come to this earth to sexually seduce women. Now, I can hear some saying, well, Jose, where does it say that they came to do that? Well, go back to Genesis chapter 6, the verse we just read. They saw the daughters of men that they were fair. In other words, these fallen angels found the daughters of the Adamic people to be very beautiful. Verse 3, And the Lord said, 
My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. It seems that by creating flesh, it brought forth sin. Or I should say, we as a people allowed sin to flourish amongst us. Verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Now, let's look at the word here, giants. What does it mean in the Hebrew? Well, if you open up your Strong's Concordance, what does it say? The word is H5303, and the word is nephil, and it means uh, properly a feller that is a bully or tyrant. But it also shows from H5307. So let's look up the word from H5307. And the word that shows is nuffle. And it means a primitive root to fall in a great variety of applications. In other words, these giants were offspring of the fallen angels. And these offspring were tyrants and bullies. Now, continuing on in the same verse where it says, The same became mighty men. This word men isn't the same as the one that describes mankind or the Adam from the, from the Garden of Eden. No, it's completely different. This word in the Strong's Concordance is H1368, and it's Gibor, and it means powerful by implication, warrior or tyrant. So in other words, these mighty men were Gibor. They're hybrids, the, the hybrids uh, um, from the result of the fallen angels mating with the daughters of men. Why did these fallen angels, instead of waiting to be born of woman like we all were, why do they choose to leave their place of habitation, that is to say, heaven? Because it was Satan deceiving them to try to destroy the bloodline that was supposed to be pure. Satan was trying to deny the birth of Christ. He was trying to prevent the birth of Christ by staining that bloodline with his offspring. But you know what? God always has a chosen few that always rise above the rest. And as we will find out here in this chapter, there was one family that still had a clean bloodline going back to Adam that had not intermixed, had a pure pedigree, and that didn't mate with these fallen angels that resulted in a bunch of hybrids. Why was uh, Satan trying to prevent the birth of Jesus Christ? Well, as God had told him, he will bruise your head. In other words, he's going to kill Satan. So he's trying to do what he can to save his life. This, as we will document, is why God became so disgusted with man, because he saw how easy the flesh can, can be and how quick the flesh can cause one to forget the name of God. Verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Isn't it sad that to this day this verse still rings true? I mean, look around you. You can see it daily. Verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. God repented in creating the flesh. That's a pretty big statement to make. 
He was saddened because his plan was to have a savior born through the womb of a woman that came from Adam and Eve. And here we have these women having sexual intercourse with these fallen angels, bringing forth hybrids, these giants, the Gibor, into the earth. These angels knew exactly what they were doing because they know about the first heaven and earth age. I mean, they were there along with us. So they aren't innocent at all either. I wonder what God is going to do about all this. Well, let's continue. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. God sincerely regretted creating the flesh. You see what happens when you go against the natural order of what God created? You get him mad. Why, uh, why did he regret it? Because we look at what was going on on the earth. It was a complete mess of everything, of everything natural that God had created. Women intermixing with fallen angels. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me one bit if the men weren't doing the same thing with these fallen angels either. You know, God created us for his pleasure, as it is written in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And what do you do when something doesn't bring you pleasure anymore? You get rid of it. And God is about to do just that on this earth. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah and his family did not intermix with these fallen angels. Therefore, they had a pure pedigree, a pure bloodline. So, of course, God in his eyes saw grace in Noah. Verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Noah walked in the ways of God. And you know what it takes to walk in the ways of God? Discipline. And where do we get the word disciple from? From the word discipline. Noah was a faithful disciple of God. Noah picked a wife that had not intermixed with the fallen angels. Look up the word perfect in your Strong's Concordance. It's word H8549. And it's pronounced ta-mim, which means entire, figuratively, or morally without blemish, complete, perfect, without spot. And what does the word generations mean in the Hebrew? The word is H8435 in your Strong's Concordance. And it means from H3205, plural only, that is family, figuratively, history, birth generations. In other words, the bloodline or the pedigree of Noah and his family was pure. It had no blemish of anything supernatural in them. Why was this important again? Because Satan knew, God had told him in the, uh, about the prophecy back in the garden that there will be one that will bruise his head, as we said before. In other words, Satan is going to be killed. So he created this plan to deceive these angels and have them leave their natural habitation to have sexual affairs with the daughters of Adam to prevent from that prophecy to coming, uh, coming to pass. Satan's plan almost came to fruition if it wasn't for a select few, Noah and his family in this case, that stood against evil and walked in the ways of God. You see why it's important to always walk in the ways of the Lord? Even when you think it's too hard, push yourself to do it, because there will be a time coming in the not-so-distant future that these fallen angels will be back on this earth to do the exact same thing again. And you want to make sure 
that God finds grace within you to protect you from the coming of His wrath, just as God protected Noah and his family. Verse 10, And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Remember what I said in the last episode. These aren't in order. Shem was actually the youngest of the three. And the natural order is that the oldest was to inherit the blessings. Verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Boy, doesn't this sound familiar in our world today? Remember what Christ said, how his second coming will be? And the book, actually go go to your uh, Bible. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 37, what does Christ say how his second coming will be? But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark. Do you see why I say that in order for us to understand the end, we must first understand the beginning? Start building your ark, my friends, your ark of knowing the truth, to do away with the traditions of men and churchianity. Read the book yourself and ask God to give you wisdom and knowledge so that what you read makes sense to you. Because when the day comes when you are there facing Him, no one else is going to be there for you to answer for you. And the excuse, but God, I went to church all my life. I paid my tithes every Sunday. It's not going to fly if you never bother to learn the truth yourself. Because there will be many that will use that excuse of having gone to church all their life. But you know what God is going to tell them? Get away from me, for I never knew you. Verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them from the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. One thing I want to note on here is the word pitch, which is used here. It's uh, in the Strong's Concordance H3722, and it's pronounced kafar in the Hebrew. And it means a primitive root to cover, figuratively to expiate or to placate, to make an atonement, cleanse. In other words, God is instructing Noah to ensure that you pitch or you patch every hole, every opening within and without the ark. Why did I make that a point? Because how well built is your ark? Have you atoned it? Because the only way for us to atone our ark is by atoning it through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready for the coming flood that's going to be coming to us? The flood of lies that's going to be released upon the earth? Did you even know there was another flood coming? Not of water, but of supernatural lies. If you didn't, use this time now to atone your ark within and without. Because as God instructed Noah to do so, He is instructing all of us to do the same spiritually. Verse 15. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. Real quick, just so you can get an idea about how how large this ark had to be. A cubit is about eighteen and a half inches. So this ark is pretty big. It's about three stories high. 
Verse uh, 16, Lord speaking. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set it in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. In other words, God is saying, I'm done seeing the filth that has corrupted man and my earth. I am done seeing these hybrids walk throughout the earth. Why? Because it goes against the natural order of God. God loves everything to be natural. Everything that, the way that he made it according to his plan. And any time, any time, you have things going against the natural order of things, spiritually or in the flesh, it won't be long until God says, enough. Verse 18. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. In verse 18, God establishes a covenant with Noah. Why? Because Noah walked in the ways of God. So he tells him that him and his whole family will go into the ark to, to be saved from the coming wrath of God. That included his sons and their wives as well. Because all of them had a pure bloodline. And then in verse 19, what does God say? Two of every sort of all flesh. That doesn't, that doesn't just include animals. We haven't even gotten to the animals yet. Two of every sort. That means people as well. So in other words, that includes the sixth day creation. Two of every race. In the Bible, there's a verse that is very um, mistranslated. And it states on there that there were only eight souls in the ark. But what people don't pay attention to is that there were only eight Adamic souls in the ark. So do you believe God? Or do you believe the traditions of men? And what kind of two of every flesh, which includes other people, are supposed to go into the ark? They shall be male and female, as God instructed. So, sorry, alphabet people who self-identify as something unnatural. There's no room in God's ark for you. So you either get right with God and walk in His ways, or keep living in your make-believe world of candy canes and butterflies, thinking that nothing bad will ever happen to you. It's your choice. And God is giving you the warning. So either you heed to it, or you keep living your life the way you want to, the way you see fit, not the way that God sees fit for you. Verse 20. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee, to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And here we have God instructing Noah to take two of every animals now, clean and non-clean, but also animals to have for food, and animals to feed the other animals, the meat eaters. God also instructs Noah to gather food for themselves, which includes fruits, vegetables, meat, etc. You know, who said being one of God's chosen would be an easy path? Look what Noah had to do. 
He had to work. And we aren't just talking about a few days or months. No, we're talking about years to build the ark, gather food, supplies, the animals, etc. Not only that, God talked to him this one time around the time he was about 500 years old. He wouldn't talk to Noah again until he was 600 years old. Think about that for a minute. For 500 years, Noah and his family never once heard the voice of God, but they walked in his ways with the help of the great prophet and disciple Enoch. God then talks to Noah, warning him of the wrath that is about to be unleashed on everything that walks on the earth, and instructs Noah that he must what he must do to save himself and his family and the others God wants to be saved. And then nothing for at least another hundred years. How strong is your faith, my friend? I can tell you right now, I'm a man with very little patience. Believe me, I can barely wait one hour for something, much less a hundred years. Let that be a lesson to all of you, that God requires us to do work on our part. Nothing is going to come easy. So I ask you, are you using your time wisely to build up your ark? Are you atoning those holes? Are you building it strong enough to withstand the flood of lies that is going to be unleashed on the earth real soon? Because as Christ told you, Satan and his angels, are they're coming back and they'll be partaking in marriage again. Some of you may say, well, where does it say that, Jose? Well, for starters, we heard it from Christ himself in the book of Matthew earlier. But another section is the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. After Michael and his, and his angels cast the devil out, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And what do you think they're going to do when they're here? They're going to do whatever it takes to get you to believe that Satan is the real Christ. But they're also going to please themselves doing it as in the days of Noah. So use this time that you have now to stick to God's word. Learn as much as you can to build up your ark of truth and to be able to withstand the wickedness that plagues this world and the evil that is about to be unleashed on it. Until next time, disciples, go in peace. <laughs>